Go ahead and grab a seat. So, uh, so cool to see, like to really see it, you know, to hear Mark and Kelly's story, to, to see how God literally changes lives, that we cannot do it on our own, and to see how God can transform and change a life, and to celebrate that through baptism. I love that it's just so honest and it's so real. Uh, at the 9 o'clock service, we baptized Nicole Vigiano, who, if you've been through Next, you know her, uh, Nicole and her husband, Ken, and as soon as Nicole came out of the water, and I love Nicole, she's a great friend, as soon as I bring her out of the water, I hug her, I go, oh, I'm so proud of you, so great. She's like, thanks, how are my bangs look? And so, you gotta love that. So, uh, thankfully, Mark's bangs looked great, and Kelly's looked great, and um, uh, we just, we love to celebrate, uh, and we love to call out where we see God um, moving and growing and changing lives. And I just want to mention a way that God did that in our church this past week, briefly. We, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, we did something we've never done here before called Stay and Pray, where we kicked off Lent, uh, and specifically on Ash Wednesday, by praying for 14 hours here in this church. Now, uh, not everyone stayed for 14 hours. Uh, I didn't, uh, and Jeannie, did, we, like legally, we can't leave our kids at home alone for that long. So, uh, you know, various people did various shifts. Some people came at 3 in the morning and committed to pray from 3 till 4. Many of our musicians led worship throughout the night. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I'm so proud for those of you who participated and stay in prayer, who prayed even though maybe you couldn't make it to the space, prayed during that time for our church, for our friends, for the city. Uh, it was cool to already to hear the stories of folks saying, you know, and there's this thing I've been needing so desperately to hear from God, and I finally, finally, finally heard that from God. I had a friend who said, you know, I showed up for this certain time slot, and there's someone that God really put on my heart. And, and, and I know this person, and I just know that things are kind of rough in their life. And so, you know, I showed up, and they were heavy on my heart when I walked in the doors. And literally the second I walked in the door to take my coat off, they walked in at a very early hour in the morning and said they didn't even know why they showed up. They just felt like they were supposed to be here. And so they were able to huddle up and pray together and pray for each other. You just got to love stories like that. So if you miss Stay and Pray when we did that, uh, we're actually having an experience somewhat similar to that on Good Friday. So you want to kind of save some time the evening of Good Friday for us to have that kind of time of, of prayer and focusing and pouring out our hearts to God. And as always, our prayer hall is open if you need space and time uh, after service or even throughout the week just to come and be still and be with God. That's very important. That's how God is, is really growing our church. Uh, a week before Stay and Pray uh, was a very important day in the life of our church, if not the life of our world. Uh, it was my birthday. And uh, I think... It, I think I think birthdays should be birth weeks. I think there should be a lot more that goes into them than just a day, uh, but not on the labor end, but on the celebrating for the many years later, it should be birth weeks. Um, I think the, the, to, the, to feel the love and um, encouragement that many of you shared with me and, and to feel so loved and, and uh, thought of is really a great feeling, isn't it? I mean, especially with Facebook now, you get like hundreds of people wishing you happy birthday, and they could all be sent by robots, but it doesn't matter because it feels so great to be thought of, you know, especially on a day like that. And so it got me thinking as we uh, conclude our series on what are words for this morning, uh, it got me thinking about gifts and, and the greatest sort of gift I've ever received or the, one of the best gifts I've ever received. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what's one of the best gifts you ever received? It may be on your birthday. Uh, maybe uh, anniversary or, or, or graduation gifts or, or something like that. But what's one of the best gifts that you've ever received? Now, I know you're going to want to say the spiritual thing like, our three children. That's great. That's fine. I believe you. Um, but, 
I'm talking about something with the receipt or something, you know, that like is tangible a little more than that. You know what I mean when I say that? Okay, I hope I didn't belittle anyone who really wanted to say that answer. So go ahead and turn to the person next to you and share what's one of the greatest gifts you've received or one of the best presents you ever got that you can remember. I'm going to ask everyone to turn to someone next to them, find out their name and share that. You have like a minute and a half to do that. So go ahead and do that now. All right. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure what the best gift is that you received. Obviously, maybe one came to mind right away for you or you had to think about it for a second. Uh, one of the greatest gifts I ever received was a birthday gift uh, that, that Jeannie, my wife, gave to me for my 30th birthday, which was a, a few birthdays ago. Uh, she planned and threw an unbelievable surprise party for me. A couple hundred people, like, kind of surprise party. Flew in friends and family kind of surprise party. Had the whole thing catered by all these friends who had all been hiding desserts in their refrigerators and freezers for weeks, all for this one big party. And I had no idea. It's really hard to pull anything over on me like that. I was completely caught off guard and totally overwhelmed by the love and all the work and all the effort and thoughtfulness that went into it. And, and as, as much as I loved that, that gift, I really wish she would have never given it to me. Because those of you who are husbands know now I have to live up to that gift <laughs> every year. I have to somehow top that gift, right? So it was an amazing, amazing, amazing gift. And maybe the one that you thought of wasn't quite to that scale. But my sense is, my sense is that that thing that mattered to you, that present of that gift that mattered to you, was something that was more thoughtful than it was expensive. That it was something that someone put some time and energy and effort into that reflected or spoke to you more than maybe a gift card. There's nothing wrong with gift cards. Those are fine. But it's the gifts where people take time and they speak to our heart and they're mindful of us that usually mean the most, don't they? That party, to have the people that I love and people that I love being around all there in one place, that was a very thoughtful and meaningful gift. And those tend to be the ones that matter. And so what we're going to look at this morning is how we actually have the power and potential given to us by God to give those kind of gifts every day of our life to give those kind of thoughtful and meaningful gifts every day of our life with, honestly, about anybody that you come into contact with, you can give a gift like that, thoughtful, meaningful, intentional, caring, encouraging, with the words that you use. God has given every one of us these gifts of life that when we use them, we are actually calling out glimpses of God that we see in other people. And in doing that, we actually get a glimpse of God and our heart is embiggened as we speak to other people and encourage them, speak words of life, belief, encouragement to them. You know, what's interesting is maybe you've heard the statistic. Experts say that it takes at least seven to ten compliments to overcome one criticism. Have you ever heard that? It takes at least seven to ten compliments or encouraging words to overcome one harsh criticism. Now, that's pretty incredible when you think about the heart's capacity to take words in and the ability that words have to not only affect our day or our lives, but to literally direct our lives. That someone can speak words into us that it takes seven to ten more words just to overcome. That many of us, every one of us, in fact, who's here today, who's watching online, has probably heard both. Words of, that are hurtful and harmful and words that are full of life and encouragement. Maybe you grew up in a home where you 
heard words, that it was a verbally abusive home, where the words that were spoken were not loving and encouraging, they were hurtful, harmful, and they have in very real ways affected your life, haven't they? To this very day, to the very relationships that you surround your life with. Maybe you grew up in a home where that kind of belief and love and encouragement was spoken into you and you consequently believed that you could do anything or that you could accomplish anything because you had parents who were speaking that kind of words of life into you. All of us have heard both of them. All of us walk into this room most likely deficient of words of life and encouragement. And what God is inviting us to do is to not try and get those filled by someone else from somewhere else, but to actually speak those words into other people. To speak those words of life and hope and love and encouragement. To literally have the power and potential to steer and direct and speak into not only people's days, but the trajectory of their lives. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look into God's word for principles that are pretty common throughout God's Word, very common throughout God's Word, and see how they apply to our lives today and how they can actually change the way we use our words. So if you would grab a Bible, please, and open to Proverbs 18. Now, if you don't have a Bible, there is a blue Bible in front of you that you can grab, open up to Proverbs 18. Uh, It's on page 599 of the blue Bible. Here's the deal. If you don't own a Bible, uh, this Bible is our gift to you. We believe God's Word has the power and to change our lives. This is not an obligation, but an opportunity for us to grow. And so if you don't own a Bible, this Bible you're now holding is now yours. You can turn to page 599, Proverbs 18. We're going to look at a principle that is just true of the power that every one of us has in our words, not only affect, but potentially even direct people's lives. Uh, this is found in Proverbs 18:20. It says these words, From the fruit of their mouths, people's stomachs are filled. Now, we're going to stop here because this verse is very metaphor-heavy, okay? And so what what this writer of of Proverbs is saying is that from the fruit of our mouths, or what comes out of our mouths, fills our stomachs. In this case, the stomachs would mean the soul, okay? So just like good fruit is so filling and it's so good and so nourishing to us, good words actually fill our soul. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. In other words, with more and more of these ripe words, these choice words that are spoken, people are actually satisfied. Their soul is satisfied. It goes in deep. The heart has a huge capacity to take words in. And so these choice words, these words of life go in deep and can literally satisfy our soul. But verse 21 says this, and it's a concept that's repeated all throughout the scriptures. The tongue has the power of life and what? death. So we're going to say that again, uh, and I'm going I'm to pause in the exact same place, and you can say the exact same answer at the exact same time. The tongue has the power of life and death, and we've both seen and experienced this, haven't we? We've heard words and said words that are hurtful and harmful. We've also maybe hopefully heard words and said words that are full of life and encouragement. So the tongue is this amazing thing, as the scripture teaches us, has the power in an instant, in a moment, to bring death or to bring life to bring words that are satisfying to the soul or words that harm and hurt the soul. At any given moment, we have that power. Verse goes on to say, those who love it eat its fruit. Those who are aware of the power of their words enjoy the gift of those words. So we see here and we see it again and again throughout Scripture that words have this incredible power in our life and words are actually a gift from God. But here's the thing, these words that are a gift, these words of life that literally can satisfy the soul are not only a gift from God, but they're a gift for others. 
Right? So not a hard concept. And let me just hit pause here, because the stuff we're going to look at for the next few minutes here from God's Word, and I'm going to teach this morning, is about as simple as it gets. It's not complicated. You don't need to go back and listen to the message again, or go do some research and get some reference points of what I'm going to talk about. It's really, really simple. In fact, I don't even have that much to say about it. I'm just going to point to God's Word and God's truth, and the big challenge then for you and I is to actually do it, okay? So if you're expecting a really smart, profound talk this morning, come back next week or next time Jeannie's talking, but this is incredibly simple, but I believe it's a concept that few of us actually put into practice, at least I don't put into practice enough in my life, all right? Words are a gift from God, but they are meant to be given to others, that God gives us words like, these, like this fruit that the Proverbs teaches that's meant to be given to others. It is not meant to stay on the branch or on the vine or in our mouths or unspoken from our lives. God gives us words of encouragement that we get to share with others. What an incredible opportunity we have to actually participate in people hearing the voice of God. The words you choose and the words you use have the power to help people hear from God. What a huge privilege. But they have to be spoken. They absolutely have to be spoken. One of the greatest tragedies is that we have these words of life within us and we don't share them. We don't offer them. We don't give them to others. We become like, and this is the first time I've ever referenced this show in a sermon, we become like that show Hoarders, which hopefully you haven't seen. Maybe you grew up in a home like that, where there is this belief that these things are important and I need to keep them. And so they get stacked up and stored up all inside a house until they begin to fall in on the people who live there and literally destroy their lives. And I think for many of us, we have opportunities, moments, where we have something to encourage, something to say, some little, little fruit that we can offer to speak into someone's life, and we don't say it. And the more and more that it actually stays in our mouth or stays in our soul, guess what begins to happen to that fruit? To use this metaphor from Proverbs, it begins to go sour. And the less we take advantage of the opportunities we have to speak words of life, those words inside of us actually can begin to eat us up. And we can actually become bitter, self-absorbed, out to make sure we get our needs met and neglecting opportunities to speak love and life into other people's lives. These words we have are a gift from God and they are meant to be given to others. I believe as part of our spiritual growth as a church and part of your growth and my growth is that God is inviting us into speaking these words to others. We're going to talk about two different ways that we share words of life and encouragement. The first is that God is inviting you and I to speak words of life to each other, to other people, to the people in your life, to actually encourage them, to actually say the words, to break the silence or break the awkwardness, break the superficiality, and say words of encouragement that actually have the power to speak to someone's soul and potentially not only change their day but the trajectory of their lives. The problem is that we have to push through a couple of layers to get to that space where we share those words. The first is, a very common one for every one of us, is that we are so often so self-absorbed that we rarely even see the people in front of us that God has brought across our paths. In fact, when we do see them, we usually see them as an annoyance or they're in the way, right? Or we see them as opportunities to get what we think we need or what we want. 
And so what you first have to push through to be able to offer these kind of words to others is your own self-absorption. You have to kind of break through that to see the people that God has around you in your life. Then once you've done that, you have to break through sort of the superficiality that so often happens in conversations. You have to break through sort of the, the easy level surface kind of conversations. Most of us spend most of our days and most of our conversations on the surface. True? The people you talk with at work, sometimes even the people in your own family, it kind of all stays on the surface. Did you check the game? What about the game? Did you watch the game? Oh, that's cool. Did you see this? Oh, how did you, where'd you, eat? Where'd you eat last night? Oh, I ate this place. All those things are good things. They're not bad things. But so often we keep the majority of our conversations on the surface. To speak words of life and encouragement, you have to break through that. You have to push through that. You have to push through sarcasm. And I think this is, honestly, I think this is a plague in our culture today. That, that sarcasm has become an acceptable form of communication with each other. That we are able to say actually really hurtful and harmful things, but we wrap it in the bow of being hilarious. That we can actually say things that honestly, if you really break it down, represent our own fears and insecurities, but we call it out in someone else, and then we add one more little sting to it by making fun of them or by making fun of the situation. And we can kind of wrap it up and, oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you know, just have fun. Come on, just have fun. But really what we're doing there is we're honestly creating another layer that keeps us from actually sharing life with each other. And guys especially. If, if most of us keep our conversations at the surface levels, guys, the, the sarcasm level is just beneath that. And God isn't saying, no, I am inviting you into a deeper way of being present with people. I'm inviting you to offer words of life. Because when you break through all of that superficial stuff, when you trust God to break you through those superficial layers, you actually get a glimpse of the supernatural. You get a glimpse. When you break through what's so easy to just keep conversations on the surface, to be self-absorbed, to just kind of write things off with sarcasm, when you push through that and you actually speak into someone's life, you get a glimpse of the supernatural. You get a glimpse of God in their life and you get a glimpse of God actually using you and your words. It's a very, very powerful thing. I saw it in my life this week. I was leaving to stay and pray uh, here at the church. So I was leaving my first shift, and uh, the guy who's part of our church, David, said, hey, can you give me a ride home? Well, absolutely. So I hop in the car. And I'm going to be really honest with you. We spent the first eight minutes or so of the drive talking about the bulls. Now, for some of you, that seems very superficial. For others, it's very spiritual. And so we talked about the Bulls, and we talked about what we like about this team and this year and these guys, and I went to this game. Oh, I was at that game. I didn't see it. Okay. So we were just kind of talking. It was nothing wrong with it. All fine. All good. Right? We get to just about the last two minutes. We're, I mean, we're like pulling up to park and where I'm dropping him off. And he says, I want to let you know something. And like, you know, the car is kind of like in park now, and he's, now he's looking at me. We're, the, you know, we're no longer looking forward. We're now looking at each other. And he goes, I want to let you know something. I've never grown as much as I have since I started coming to this church. And I just want to let you know I appreciate what you do and what Jeannie does. I want to let you know I appreciate your teaching. I'm grateful for your teaching. I'm actually putting this stuff to work in my life. And God's changing my life. God's growing me. And, you know, that's not in that moment about me. That's about someone who took a moment where we could have kept the conversation on the surface. And he said, let me speak a word of life a gift, a fruit at the ripe time into your life. And guess what it did to me? It filled my lungs up, you know? It filled my sails up to go, 
oh, so this is actually worth doing. Like, this is so hard. And, you know, I never know. I don't know. And, and to sit across from someone and go, no, 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 I want to let you know. In that moment, what David did is he actually called out a glimpse of God in me. And my sense is his lungs, his soul was filled up a little bit by doing it. And so I asked him to say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Call me the next morning. Say it again, right? Can we record that and share that? You see, it's, it's just, it's a moment. It's a choice that you have. I can keep things on the superficial or I can speak into the supernatural. I can keep things kind of as business as usual or I can say, no, let me speak words of life and love and of God into your life. There's a passage in Ephesians. If you want, you can jump ahead to Ephesians 4. It, it talks about this choice that we have in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. You can go there in the Blue Bibles if you want to. It's page 1081. Ephesians 4, 29 talks about this choice. It says that actually at any moment, uh, we, we have this choice of unwholesome talk or, or words of life. And this is what the verse says. It says, don't let, well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to pause. I'm going to give you guys a warning this time so that you know. Uh, I'm going to pause here in a second. When I do, you say the word that's on the screen or that you see in your Bible. Do not let any unwholesome talk. Don't let any. So the Bible's not pulling any punches here. Do not let any unwholesome talk. Now, what is unwholesome? Sounds like a word your mom would use. What unwholesome is, is words or, or, or anything that is less than honoring to God. Anything that would take away from the glory of God. Anything that would tear down another person. Don't let any unwholesome talk, no matter what it's about, at any time, come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So let's look at the, the tenses here. Who who we're talking to here in the first half of the verse, Paul is speaking to us and saying, look, don't let any talk, here's what you can take responsibility to do. Don't let any unwholesome talk. You have a choice in every moment, every conversation. You can kind of let it go down this path where it could be unwholesome or even hurtful or harmful, or it can be this path, which is words of life and love and encouragement. Paul says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Now look at the switch here in tense. Building others up according to whose needs? Their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So it's not about when I feel like it or when I get around to it or if, if I'm kind of in the mood or if they do something nice for me, then I have to return and do something nice for them. No, Paul is saying, look, you have an opportunity to speak words of love and life, fruit that is ripe at the right time that satisfies the soul in any moment. You do that according to their needs when they need it. You don't have to wait for a perfect moment to speak words of life or encouragement into someone. You can do it at any single moment, any moment. You can say, I'm going to make a choice right now, not unwholesome talk, but I'm going to speak words of life and belief into another person that would actually build them up. And that's what David did when he spoke those words to me. It built, it built me up. It gave me a greater perspective. I felt honestly like loved and thought of just like those gifts that we talked about earlier. You have that choice. You have the power, that potential to speak those kinds of words into another person. The, the great shame is, honestly, is, is that so often you've shared those words or maybe you've gotten up to speak at, at a funeral and you've shared those words and they're beautiful eulogies. I spoke at my 
um, father-in-law's funeral. Um, and maybe you've spoken at a funeral where you had to get up and share some words. Beautiful, powerful words. The problem is that person's already gone. They, don't, they miss it. And so often we either wait till someone's gone or we wait once a year till their birthday to give these kind of gifts that can happen in any moment, in any moment, today. You don't have to wait. Tomorrow at work, you don't have to wait till the perfect moment to encourage someone at work. God, I guarantee you, you don't have to think too hard about this one. You don't have to pray, God, should I encourage someone today? Every moment is an opportunity for you to encourage someone at work tomorrow. And so what it may mean is, and I go, some of you are like, I appreciate that, Pastor. Thank you very much. Like, there's churchy things, and then there's work things. Like, there's life Bible stuff, and then there's real life stuff. Like, it would freak people out if I did this kind of stuff at work. I'm not asking you to grab them by the shoulders and look them in the eyes or to lay hands on this quarter's financials and just pray God's blessing on them. That's not what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you to do is to take an opportunity to actually stretch you, grow you, get past the superficiality, and call out something supernatural, whether that person would recognize it as such or not. And so you can say to someone at work, hey, I know it would have been really easy for you to take credit for that presentation. Thank you that you shared it with our team. That means a lot to me. I think you can say to a boss or an employer, hey, thank you for you know, the way that you continue to, to work hard to sacrifice for this company. Thank you for the fact that you cover these benefits. I mean, it may be, seem as unspiritual as possible, but you break the superficiality or you break the silence of encouragement and you speak into that. I'm telling you, you do that. You make that your one-person mission this week to encourage at least one person a day or to encourage every single person in your office. My hunch is it's going to change the temperature of your office a little bit. Change the dynamic of your relationships. Those of you who are employers, it's so easy to just, you know, yell your team into perfection or to working better. What if you actually took an opportunity tomorrow to encourage them, to thank them? Sure, you give them a paycheck so they need to work hard for you but you can actually speak words of life into them and in so doing, actually give a glimpse of God that they might not see otherwise. Think about when you leave here in a minute and you go grab lunch and you're with your server, wherever they are, or maybe you're buying groceries and you're at the checkout stand or whatever. You have an opportunity even in that moment with a total stranger to share a word of life or encouragement. And I just, for whatever reason, God has made it a personal habit of mine that anytime I'm dealing with someone who's a server or who's my checkout person, I make sure to ask them their name and more than just give them my order. I want to ask them how their day's going. How's the shift going? Has it been busy today? How are you holding up? When do you get off? Are you doing a great job? Thank you so much. I'm, it's like at Target, and I feel like I'm there four times a day with kids. It is an opportunity to just in a moment to say, I see you. And for those of you who have worked in, in retail or you've worked as a server, to actually have a human interaction once in eight hours is a huge thing, isn't it? Where someone looks you in the eye and says, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you. You can encourage them with a tip. Thank you. It's, I mean, really, it's amazing that you can give just in a moment you can affect someone's day, potentially even their life. Your friends, conversations with your friends may be very, very, very superficial. The conversations may, may you know, may just sort of kind of stay at this level the whole time. What if God is inviting you in your growth to speak words of encouragement to each of your friends in your circle? 
What if God is inviting you to just kind of get beyond the way that you guys always get together and talk about what you always talk about and do the things that you always do and say, I want to encourage you. And maybe it's a text message. In fact, even while I'm talking right now, you can send him one. Hey, I just want to thank you. I don't specifically intentionally call out something I'm grateful for in your life. You can do that right now. You can do that this afternoon. You don't have to wait for these moments or these opportunities. Those of you who are dating or specifically those of you who are married, so often when it comes to these kind of words of life and love, encouragement, you know, we wait till birthdays, Valentine's Day, anniversaries, or after a big fight to share these kind of words. And I just want to challenge and encourage you as someone who's working and working and working at continuing to submit my marriage to God. What do you think it might change if just today out of the blue while you're doing the dishes, you just speak love and encouragement to your spouse? You spend five minutes, you make them uncomfortable with how much love and intention and affection you speak into their life. Do you think it might change the dynamic of your marriage, of your relationship? Here's the thing, you don't have to wait to do that. You don't have to wait. You can do that today. These kind of opportunities, I believe God is giving us at all times, in real time, and it's just a choice. Am I going to keep it on the surface or let it be unwholesome or unhealthy talk, or am I going to speak words of life, love, and encouragement? I do, however, think that there are going to be opportunities that God is going to bring you this, way, uh, this week that are very specific and very unique, and I want to close with this thought. Is that not only is God inviting you to speak words to others, words of life and love and encouragement to others. I believe that God is inviting you to speak words of life and love and encouragement about others. And specifically what I mean here is it's, it's one thing to push through and to say those words when someone's with you. For David to learn, you know, say, hey buddy, I want to let you know, I appreciate this. That's one thing. It's another to bless and encourage someone when they're not there. To speak highly and to speak well of them when they're not around. That is a sign of real growth. When the conversation turns to a point where everyone's talking about that same person at work that they always talk about, you have a choice in that moment. Your talk can be unwholesome or unhealthy, even hurtful or harmful, or you can actually speak well about that person even when they're not in your face or present with you or even going to hear those words. You have an opportunity. I believe God is inviting you to speak well of others instead of speaking just low of them, gossiping about them, making the same old jokes about them. You know, one of the things that you'll hear if you talk to anyone from our staff or our team, and maybe you bring up a, a church that you went to or grew up at that you don't like, and you start telling us the things about that church that you don't like, and you're so glad that we're not like them, that's usually how those conversations go. I'm so glad you're not like our last church, and blah, blah, blah. And you tell, I would challenge you to watch and pay attention to our staff, because we've made a commitment to God and to each other that we will never speak poorly of another church. If that church is a church committed to Jesus Christ, they're committed to the gospel, our opportunity, if not obligation, is to speak well of them, even when they're not around. And so we thank God for every single church in this city that holds high the name of Jesus and is committed to entering people into a life with him. We speak well, as best we can, of churches even beyond this city, right? We've never even been to. Because lots of times that's how it is. You want to share with us something about a church I've never been to. I, I, it's just how unwholesome would it be of me to engage in that conversation about that. So what we try to do as best we can is, you know, you know what, I'm so thankful for that church. I'm so thankful for their leadership. I'm so glad for how God has brought us in together in partnership with them. And they'll never hear that 
But what it does is it actually grows our heart every time we do that. Instead of going down the path, it would be so easy to just talk about people. We want to speak well about people and bless people and encourage people even when they're not in our presence. And my hunch is this week, God is going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm not a prophet. I don't, have, I don't see in the future. I just know that's how life goes. And someone's going to be talking about someone and you're going to have an opportunity. Am I going to choose words that speak life, love, encouragement? Or am I just going to join in and talk about this person behind their back. My hunch is it's actually going to be someone who's hard for you to love. It may be between two siblings. You're talking about a parent or another sibling, or maybe between two friends, and you're talking about the friend who just did something stupid, and so you've all decided not to be friends with them anymore, as if you were still in third grade. It may be that kind of situation. And I believe because God loves you, he's inviting you into something better than that and greater than that. And he's given you the gift of words to be a gift to others, even when they're not in your presence. So when you leave here today, we're so serious about this. We have a little card that we're going to give you, which gives you little challenges, little homeworks, little opportunities to do this, because we're really serious about this. We think God will grow not only your heart, but we believe that God will actually grow our church if we practice this together. Can you imagine if our church... In this city, if our church was known, not because we had the coolest this or the slickest this or the biggest that or the most awesomest baptism portable pool in the world. Like, can you imagine, can you imagine if what was known about this church, Soul City Church, is, man, they just, it seems like they really love each other. Have you heard the way they talk about each other? Have you heard the way they talk about others? The Bible teaches that the world will know that Christians are Christians by their love. Not by what they say they believe, not by what they say they're against, but by their love. And one of the greatest opportunities you and I have to extend and express the love of God is in our words. Tongue is a powerful, powerful weapon that God has given you. At any moment, it can speak death or life. And I believe God is about growing you and I up this week and us stepping into the opportunity and the invitation to speak words of life to and about the people in our lives. So I'm going to invite the band to come up right now. And we're going to spend a few moments saying some words to God. We're going to encourage God as if he needs our encouragement. We're going to bless God with our words, with our songs. And as part of that, what we're going to do is we're going to receive an offering. And this is something we do every week. Many of us give online, do that. That's how my wife and I do it. But we do this as part of our worship because we believe it's another one of those ways that God wants to grow us to loosen our grip on our stuff, and to be more available to God. And so that's why we give. We know if we were to stop and be honest about our lives, we, we don't have everything we want. But we know if we were to be really quiet and still that we have more than we need. And when we're even more quiet and still, we believe that that actually comes from God. And so this is how we give back to him. Now we're going to be teaching on this for the next three weeks, as Kurt mentioned, in our Money Wise series. But this is a discipline we do no matter what we're teaching on, no matter what the topic is, because it's just good for our growth to trust God to release our life into his hands. So I'm going to pray for us, and then in a second we're going to receive that together. So let's just, if you would, be quiet for a moment. In fact, maybe even think about the words that you've already spoken today. Or the words of life or death. Were they wholesome and healthy or were they hurtful and harmful? And maybe just in this moment, you just need to ask God for forgiveness. God, I'm sorry. I, I wasted those words. Maybe even now God's putting someone 
in your heart and your mind. And it's so much easier to talk about them poorly and negatively. Maybe, just maybe, God's inviting you to love them, even as hard as they may seem to love, like he loves them. And to begin to speak well, if, if not at least about them, but maybe even this week to them. God, thank you that you love us so much, that you just aren't content with us staying the same, that you aren't content with us wasting our words, that staying on the superficial, that you're inviting us even now in this moment to use our words to be a gift to others, and in so doing, God, a gift to you. And so hear these words, God, as we sing to you, our Father, our Heavenly Father who loves us perfectly and who's spoken life into us, whether we realize it or recognize it or not. Hear these words. Be blessed and encouraged by your children, God. We pray in your name. Amen.